Alright, so, episode three, it's been a couple of days, um, I haven't fallen off the wagon or anything, all that's happened is that these, I don't, I don't plan to do these every day, just on the mornings that I drive home from work, so, don't think that I forgot about all 30 of you guys. Um, what I wanted to talk about this morning was I'm not really sure how to put it together so I'm just going to try my best um, I said early, I said in the first episode that one of the things that I wanted to do was equip people uh, who want to be able to express their faith as it relates to social media as it relates to politics as it relates to important social issues um and there's a, a, a strategy, for lack of a better term, that some people will use that is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. And every time I see it on social media, I get a little bit more annoyed at it. Um, and here, here's, what, here's what happens. People want to make a point, an intellectual point about something, and they want to seem really brave, okay, this is one instance in which they'll do this, they want to seem really brave and really edgy and really, you know, whatever, another instance in which people will do this, use this particular tactic that we should not use, it's dumb and it's aggravating, is when they want to address a theme and they want to, uh, they want to put forward a positive claim a positive assertion of some kind, and they need, whether subconsciously or otherwise, feel like they need somebody to be pushing back against. Um, and so they'll, what they'll do in either of these instances is they'll make some vague claim about uh, a position, they'll either make a vague claim about a position that nobody actually holds. Or, they will say, when people say X, Y, and Z, when people do A, B, and C, but they won't name, even when pushed on it, even when asked, they won't name people that have actually done it in the public sphere, okay? Um, first, I want to make a distinction. There's a difference between doing that if you're trying to call out people who have publicly made statements, who have publicly argued for a certain position, Versus if you're doing it towards people who have taken um, private, like in a private conversation, okay? So here, here are some examples, right? Because it would be wrong of me to say, oh, people do this thing and I can't say when they do it and not have any examples, okay? Uh, the first one that comes to my mind is Albert Moeller recently put out an article about um, the unity of the Southern Baptist Convention, okay? And just was talking about the purpose of the, he wants to keep the convention unified, he wants the Southern Baptists to be able to have important conversations and to dialogue openly and to, and to do those things, which would have been a fine article in and of itself. But there was a line in the article, and not only was it the line in the article, but it was the caption that uh, Moeller himself used when he tweeted the article to advertise it. 
and I don't remember it off the top of my head, but the caption was something along the lines of um, Southern Baptists have lost the opportunity to have respectful conversation, the ability, Southern Baptists have lost the ability to have respectful conversation about important issues, okay? Or something, something along those lines. That's one example. With no citation of anybody being disrespectful, okay? No citation, and I'm not saying that it's, it's not happened, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that there have not been Southern Baptists who have been disrespectful. I'm saying there's not a citation of a single incident in the article of somebody being disrespectful or, or in other ways demonstrating and unpacking this seeming epidemic of, epidemic of disrespect within the convention. Okay, That's one example. Another example is um, Lamb Rain or Lamb's Rain or something like that. I think it's Joel McDermott's new site since he's left American Vision. Uh, somebody wrote an article, I think it was John Reasoner, wrote an article on masculinity and have, uh, I think the name of the article was something like, men aren't supposed to be hard, they're supposed to be like Jesus or something like that, which that, that article was a totally different issue. But in, in that article, he said something to the extent of uh, the church is telling people the church is telling men that if they, if they have certain effeminate tendencies, then they need to call their sexuality into question, okay? But doesn't have any citation throughout, never cites or points out an example and explains, this teacher said this, and this is how they've told guys that if they have these traits, they need to call their sexuality into question, okay? Doesn't do it. The only time that he does it, is that maybe you could argue that he does it is at some point in time in the article he alludes to Tim Bailey's hashtag man up posts, okay? But never actually says Tim Bailey is an example of a guy who tells, who does this thing, okay? Another example is Beth Moore, and I've pointed out before that Beth Moore does this sorts of thing, okay? Beth Moore will say, um, there, she just the other day tweeted, she's so dumb, it's the dumbest stuff, she just tweeted the other day something like, there's no such thing as a Christian misogynist, right, and she'll say stuff like, Christians need to stand opposed to the evils of white supremacy, and you know, all that, who's say, who is saying otherwise, who is disagreeing, because we, because we want to know, because Christians want to know, and if there's a teacher out there who's teaching white supremacist ideals, if there's a teacher out there who is teaching misogynistic ideals, then we want to know because we want to avoid that and we want to refute that teaching. But anytime you ask for an example, there's not an, a specific example of a specific teacher that actually matters in Christian culture who's doing those sorts of things. Okay? Now, here's the uh, here's the flip side, and this is gonna not, this is gonna make a lot of people unhappy because of the organization that I'm getting ready to name. Okay, pulpit and pen, and pulpit and pen. Doug Wilson, Eddie Robles, um, Michael Foster. Okay, pulpit and pen is the one that people have already shut off. They they don't have any any interest in what I'm saying right now. 
whatever you think about those guys, because they are, they come from a whole group of people that are just polarizing. You either love them or you hate them. I don't know anyone that's indifferent to them. Um, one thing that those guys do is call, they're calling people to the carpet by name and showing an example of a tweet or citing a book or they are, you know, in some form or fashion, they are showing this person said A, B, and C, and this leads to this result, right? Pulpit and pen, like I said, set your opinions aside of them. One thing that pulpit and pen does is they have archives, they have archived files on people that they deem to be dangerous to the church, okay? They have a Karen Swallow Pryor archive. They have Beth Moore archives. They have, you know, all they've, I know their most recent kick was they were going on this James White rampage. And so there's, you know, they go after James White. And no matter whether you agree or disagree with what they have to say or the way that they say it, they demonstrate it by pulling specific quotes from what that person has said. Okay? And that is that technique, that um, way of operating and of thinking is is how you ought to do public interactions. Okay? If you're just making here's uh, another, another, another facet of this is instead of, oh, you're pushing this ideology or you're pushing whatever, is name-calling, right? Like, everybody knows, and listen, conservatives, if you're a conservative and you lean a little bit right, you just, you gotta stop calling people libtards. You gotta stop just calling everybody that disagrees with you a snowflake, okay? You gotta stop calling everybody that disagrees with you a commie, okay? You can't, you can't just do that. That's not intellectually honest. It's name-calling. And it doesn't get anybody anywhere, okay? I'm going after the conservatives first because that's my team. That's where I tend to lean politically and theologically is a little bit is to the right of on issues, okay? That's where I tend to lean, so I'm going after you guys first. And then if you lean on the left, you got to just quit calling people racists. You got to quit calling people misogynists and homophobic and whatever other term that you can use unless you can demonstrate racism in that person in that person's life right so that's the strategy that we ought not to use is just making vague these these large vague claims that people are this that and the other or oh so many people say or teach this and you can't name a single teacher that's that's what we ought to avoid okay and i think the way that you combat it the way that you combat it on social media the way that you combat it in person, okay, the way that you combat it is really, really simple, is you ask for a, you ask for a citation, okay, you ask them, it's, you, you kill it with two words, right, someone calls you a racist, someone calls you a snowflake, someone calls you a name to just discredit you or discredit your argument, you can kill that, that, that uh, slander, you can kill that attempted character assassination with two words, prove it. Oh man, no, Anthony, you're such a, you're such a misogynist because you believe that husbands are the head of the household, right? You're such a misogynist and you hate women. Prove it. Prove it. Oh, you know, there's, you know, people in the church, there are people in the church who teach that 
men who have certain traits seem to question their sexuality. Prove it. Southern Baptists have lost the example, or have lost the ability to talk respectfully on issues. Prove it. Okay? Because what happens is when these people make these wide sweeping claims and they don't have any citations, other people go on and use those arguments and it feeds them and it gives them a credibility that they don't actually have. Okay? And so you've got to watch your own self and your own tendencies because you, whether you realize it or not, and whether you want to admit it or not, you as a human are imperfect and as humans we're prone to certain flaws and you probably do that to people that you disagree with. Okay? People that disagree with you philosophically, theologically, politically, you know, whatever the issue is, people that disagree with you, more than likely, you probably do that to them, right? You're bringing, you're bringing to the table of any conversation any conversation that you have about any any topic, specifically any polarizing issue, you're bringing with you a set of baggage. And in that baggage, you have preconceived notions about the person that disagrees with you, right? One example that evidences this is the when Don Lemon got in trouble with everybody, okay? And Don Lemon, like all the, all the conservatives were pissed off at Don Lemon, because he was characterizing them as being uneducated and being dumb and not knowing how to read. and blah, blah, blah. So that's a, that is the only reason that that joke resonated with him when his guests made that joke. The only reason that that resonated with him and the only reason it resonated with his audience is because his audience has that preconceived notion. They're bringing that baggage to political discourse that that's how Trump supporters are. That that's an accurate representation of Trump supporters. Okay? So when you come to a conversation with somebody, you are, whether you realize it or not, you have, uh, you've already determined certain things about that person, okay? And some of those things that you've determined are probably, tr are, are, may be true, okay? It very well may be true that somebody supports Trump because they're uneducated, right? Like, that might be a possibility. Might also be a possibility that somebody supports Trump because they're very well educated, Okay? And so you have to have this, this kind of open bias, okay? And the same way that you combat that bias, the way that you combat that bias in your own thinking is the same way that you do it when you're talking to an individual, okay? So when you, in your mind, find yourself thinking, oh, this person is a, is a, a racist and a sexist, okay? When you, in your mind... You're thinking, oh, this guy is just some crazy fundamentalist who's who's really uneducated and ignorant on, on things. When you find yourself thinking that about another person, ask yourself to prove it. Can I demonstrate that this guy really is a white supremacist? Can I demonstrate that this guy really is just a really sensitive snowflake? Can I... You, you ask yourself the same questions. You probably can't actually prove it, okay? Now, that's not to say, of course, that there are no racists and that everybody just gets a, gets a free pass, okay? That's not to say that at all. What that is to say is you need, we need to use words like that very sparingly. We can't use them on a regular basis because words have power. And as you use them over and over and over and over and over again, racist 
in 2020 in America, that word doesn't mean anything anymore. The fact of the matter is, it doesn't mean anything, right? Like, in 2020 America, I'm a, I am a racist in the eyes of some just by virtue of being white. In 2020 America, I am a misogynist just by virtue of agreeing with the Bible when the Bible says that men are the head of the household, right? Like, I think that men are the head of the household and women should sub- submit to their husbands, okay? I say that and automatically people are like, oh, well, clear- well clearly you, you hate women, okay? So, I know it, sa- it sounds really rambly because there are a lot of different a lot of different pieces, a lot of different aspects to it. There's the there's the aspect of of what not to do in public discourse and how to stop somebody else from using that against you, right? They use this tactic, you just ask them to prove it. And then how to stop yourself from doing it is the same thing. You ask yourself to prove it. Before you just throw out a name and call somebody this, or before you say there's a wide swath of people that teach this teaching before you say that, um, ask yourself to prove it, okay? So, that's the first part. I'm making a breakfast run, so this is going to be a longer episode. It already is, actually. This is going to be a longer episode than the last two have been. So, I'm going to take a quick break, go get breakfast, and then we will go from there on the way home. Okay. Welcome back to the party, to the ship, to the trip. So, I was thinking, as I was sitting in the drive-thru, um, what, I, what I wanted to touch on next. And it's a little bit peripheral to what I was just speaking about. And it is seemingly going to contradict everything I just said. <laughs> um but it's not actually going to, okay? Because now what I'm going to talk about is not really rooted in, um, it's not so much about, like, uh, public discourse as it is with personal anecdotal experiences, okay? So this is, admittedly, upfront personal experiences, and they are tendencies, I don't want to say that they're tendencies that everybody has or even tendencies that a lot or most people seem to have but there are um, some tendencies in individuals that I have long wanted to address and I would like to so in the first episode I talked a lot about the guy who you know the guys that want to talk about really important issues and that's who this is geared towards is um is guys that want to talk about politics, that want to talk about religion, that want to talk about stuff that matters, stuff that has some weight to it, okay? Things that affect your life in in deeply, deeply profound ways. And some, there are guys out there, and I know that there are guys out there because you're the guys that I interact with on a daily basis through social media interactions, and they're the guys who I am closest with in personal relationships, okay? And they're the guys that are, a lot of times, um, 
individuals, they're either afraid to come forward publicly on an issue and disagree, right? They're either afraid to come forward and ask difficult questions, or they're characterized as being kind of young and rambunctious and, I mean, for lack of a annoying, really. It's, you know, it's really annoying. Like, that guy, he just always wants to argue. Like, he's always got to give his two cents. And he's always going to have his opinion, you know. Um, and the the pitfalls for those, if you're one of those guys, you know, you know that I'm talking to you. And if you're not, that's fine, but you probably know the guy that I'm talking about, okay? The pitfall is either you never disagree with anybody because you don't want to be characterized as the guy that that argues all the time, okay? Or you lean too far into it and you do argue all the time, not because you care about truth necessarily. I mean, you do, but you don't always argue because you're worried about truth. But now you're arguing because you're thinking people have characterized me as this certain, as this you know, with this sort of personality, I'm just going to lean into it, and I'm just going to own it, and I'll just argue over everything, okay? So, th those are the two pitfalls that, that these guys face, okay? And I'm trying to be really careful, because I don't want to characterize, you know, wide swaths of people. The thing that I just said moments ago was not necessarily honest or fair, Okay? But in my, in my experience, strictly personal experience, in my experience, any time that I've said something that was controversial, okay, any time that I've said something that was maybe polarizing, that might even not necessarily be the, the clearest word, okay, um, I have been written off as divisive and argumentative and opinionated, okay, that's, those have been my personal, that's my personal experience over the years, and it's also an experience that I share with other guys in my life, okay, there are other guys who either have that same black cloud that hangs over their head anytime they put anything on social media or have any interaction in person with somebody, or they are so afraid of that black cloud that they never pipe up about anything. Okay? And here's what I want if you're not that type if you're not wired that way, what I want you to do and what I want you to realize is that it's not bad to have those to have those types of guys around, okay? So if you've got a young guy who wants to, who wants to, wants to butt heads, okay, I understand there's a right and there's a wrong way to do it, and there's a right and there's a wrong context to do it, okay, I get that, but if you've got a guy that wants to butt heads, don't see it as, he's young, he's rambunctious, he's opinionated, and he needs to just simmer down, and he needs to just chill out, okay, don't see it as that, instead, get to know him, okay, get to know him, like, ask, you know, ask him out to coffee, ask him for lunch, or, or get to know him by asking his thoughts about something, okay, because there's a, these guys that I'm talking about, this group of guys that I'm talking to 
who know who they are and this group of guys that I'm talking about, they, they feel kind of isolated. And what ends up happening is we end up, we end up uh, clinging, clinging to each other, really, and we kind of form like a, like a little, like packs on social media, okay? And we don't want that. But when no one wants to have the conversations because they've already, like I was saying earlier, they've already brought to a discussion certain aspects about our personality that they can't actually prove because they don't actually know us, when they've already brought that to the table, it's like it's like trying to get through oh it's like trying to get through a wall. Okay? And so here's what I want to do. I want to first encourage the guy who, if you, a really good friend of mine used the term prophetic, not in the sense of you can tell the future, but prophetic in the sense of you could, if you're the guy and you know if you are or not, if you're the type of guy who can look at like a cultural issue or can look at a political issue or something like that, if you're that guy and you can see through the facade and you can find what's really underpinning the issue, Sorry, there's some deer. If uh, if you're that guy, be that guy. Okay. If your your gift might not be encouraging other people, it just might not be. Your gift might not be doing um, doing works for uh, doing projects for other people. Okay. There's a uh, there's a lecture series. Um, in the uh, the counseling series that Southern Baptist Seminary has on their app, and in the fir- one of the first couple of sessions, the professor I don't remember his name he breaks people down into into three types in terms of how they interact and how they minister to other people: a th- a thinkers, feelers, and doers. Okay, and so doers are the guys or are the people who they want to. They, they serve best, the way that they're wired, the way that the Lord has made them, is they serve people best by cooking meals, uh, doing house projects, you know, things like that. That's how they best serve, okay? The feelers are the people who are really good at um, counseling through a difficult time and helping you kind of sort out your emotions and you know, are you angry? Why are you angry? Who should you be angry at? Are you disappointed? Who should you be disappointed with? You know, those are the feelers, okay? And the thinkers are the people who want, in the, in the context of counseling, the thinkers are the people who help you think objectively about an issue. You know, what are the facts? Who Who actually said what? Who actually did what, okay? And if you're like that in a counseling situation, it's probably true that you're also like that when you're dealing with political stuff, when you're dealing stuff in the, you know, like in the, in the public sphere. So a feeler might say, man, I really like this policy because I think it's the most compassionate policy for, for people. Okay. Like you might have somebody who is a, who is a capitalist. Okay. You might have someone who's a capitalist who are often characterized as being, you know, money hungry and they have grubby hands you know and they don't care about individuals you might have somebody who is a capitalist because they know they in their mind think it's the most it's the most compassionate way for the world to operate okay and you might have someone and I'm flipping both I'm intentionally flipping these stereotypes on their heads you might have somebody who is a who 
is a socialist in their economics, and they are socialist because they think they don't really necessarily care about the fallouts and how it affects individuals' daily living, but they think this is what's best, okay? So I want to encourage the guys who are the thinkers, okay? The guys that are heady, okay? Don't buy the lie. Do not for a moment believe the lie that because you are a thinker, because you are heady in the way that you operate, don't buy into the lie that that means that you're cold-hearted and that you need to soften up and that you need to chill out. Don't, it's a, it's a bold-faced lie. Don't believe it, okay? And to people who see thinkers, who see people that operate in that way, to people who see those guys as rambunctious, no, not even rambunctious, to guy who, if you see those guys and you just think they're bombastic and you think that they're just divisive and you think that they're just argumentative for the sake of being argumentative, don't, don't believe that lie. Because that's another that's another lie, and what that's what that does is that puts a rift between the people that want to think think critically and want to think hard and want to engage publicly on issues, and the people that don't necessarily want to engage publicly on issues. It puts a rift between them. And the guy who, um, and then that guy is is effectively essentially rendered useless. Effectively, he's he's rendered useless because he's not allowed. He's allowed to he's allowed to think, but we sometimes don't let those guys think out loud, and we tell them that they're being divisive and they need to tone it down and they need to not talk about issues. They need to not talk about things. Um, so that's something that I wanted to bring to the forefront. And there's no real conclusion to that, right? I want that to be open-ended because I want you to, to hear this and I want you to think through hey, do I look at people in this certain light do I bring I guess that's that's the that's sort of the theme is when I come to when I come to a conversation with somebody do I have a preconceived notion about their personality already tucked away in my mind that that blurs what's actually going on in this interaction do I think that they're, because they're a feeler, okay, let me talk to the guys that are thinkers. Let me talk to you guys for a second. You're a thinker. You think critically. You think objectively. You think, you know, in, in boxes, okay? You see the people that are feelers, and you think that they're soft, and that they're mamby-pambies, and that they're squishy, and that uh, they are not um, intellectually honest because their emotions get in the way, okay? And if you're one of these other camps, then you think these intellect, the more intellectually driven guys are, are all those other things that I've already expressed. Okay. So if you're coming to that, you're coming to that conversation with somebody on an issue, be it on social media or in real life. Okay. You're coming to that conversation, just drop any preconceived notion that you might have and just deal objectively with what the person is trying to convey, with the message that the person is trying to convey. Okay. Because what the, if the church needs anything now, okay, if the church needs anything in today's culture, it's men who think, who think well, who think clearly, 
and articulate truth clearly. Remember, first episode one, I think it was episode one, I said that truth has to be fought for. You can't just drift in. It's not something that you drift into. As soon as you quit, as soon as you stop fighting, as soon as you stop fighting, you start believing lies. And so we need, we need men, we need guys who can think clearly, who can articulate clearly, and who can, who can, who can speak and, and convey truth clearly to the watching world. So we need that, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of young guys, a lot of them, and I'm one of them. There's a lot of young guys that feel like people are trying to neuter them by shutting them up and are trying to give, you can't talk about certain issues, even in, even in private conversations. Like, you're not allowed to bring certain, you're not allowed to bring certain topics up. You're not allowed to bring it up because that'll be divisive. Because you're not allowed to bring it up because that's a personal decision. You're not allowed to bring it up because that'll hurt somebody's feelings. And it's just it's just arbitrary. It's just absolutely arbitrary. So that's that. Um, I hope that that's helpful to somebody. I hope that that's challenging. I hope that this whole episode, this is going to be a pretty lengthy one for the third time for being the third one. This is going to be pretty lengthy. I hope this challenges you in some way. I hope that this causes some sort of introspection in some way. And I hope that this episode causes you to really think about, to really take, if if I, didn't, if I could encourage, give, give you something to do with this, right? If you're someone that needs to, okay, Anthony, well, that was cool, but what do I do? If you want something to do, take a week or a weekend or however long you decide, right? Take some time delete all your social media and just don't engage and take a couple steps back and just think about and, and evaluate the your own processing evaluate your way of thinking through things and thinking about people because once you're aware of it and once you realize some of this stuff once you come to realize some of this stuff once you're aware of it then when you catch yourself thinking about somebody a certain way in a way that you can't prove in a way that you can't demonstrate, you can kill it, right? When you find yourself wanting to tell someone to not talk about a divisive issue, but really, it's not because it's the issue is divisive, it's because the opinion they have is an opinion that you don't like. As soon as you realize that that's what you're doing, you can kill it, and you can listen to what they have to say objectively, and you can say, yeah, I don't like this opinion, but I'm, I'm concerned about what's true, not about what feels good, okay? So... If I could give you something to do, it's just step away from social media for like a week. Step away from the public arena for like a week. Just don't talk about politics. Don't talk about philosophy. Don't talk about theology, whatever. Just step away from it for like a week and just like let your brain chill and just do some introspection. Do a little bit of navel gazing, which there's a lot of that that goes on, but we need some every once in a while. Do a little bit of navel gazing and just be fair and be objective to people that you have interactions with. Okay, so that's that. You have uh, made it through the very first extended, um, <laughs> the extended breakfast run edition of Anthony's Ride Along. Thank you guys for your support. Thank you for your patience in waiting for this morning for this to come out. They'll come out sporadically. It just depends on whenever I work.
that's just when it is. I'm not going to commit to you weekly or daily or, or anything like that because that's dumb and, uh, and I won't do it. So um, questions, comments, feedback, you can find me on Twitter at A Ray Whitlock. That's A R A Y W H I T L O C K. Um, I'm on Facebook as Anthony Ray. Um, if you're listening through the Anchor app, I'm easy enough to find. Um, so reach out to me if you have questions, if you have some things maybe that you want clarified. I'd be happy to do that for anybody. Um, I almost, almost indiscriminately accept Facebook requests unless I get like a weird vibe from you. Um, so thanks again, guys. Thanks for all the support. Would love to hear some questions and some feedback. Have a great day, y'all.